podcast is part of the 80s Ruled Network. Visit the 80s Ruled on Facebook for more 1980s awesomeness. Adam Eats the 80s. Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah, but that's like Billy Ray. You don't go by your first name in Ray, do you? No, I'm I'm just named after my grandparents. Oh, oh, two different grandparents, right? Yeah. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Except for my grandfather's name was actually Raymond. So I don't know oh. how that actually works. <laughs> maybe it was like got... maybe it was like Twitter at the time they filled it out. They ran out of characters. Yeah, there you go. The pen died, I guess. I don't right. know. Sure. Hey, welcome back to another episode of 1980s <laughs> Now. A weekly examination of the importance of 1980s pop culture. And it's influence today. My name is Will, and joining me as always are my friends and co-hosts, Ray and Kat. Hi, guys. What's going on? Did you see this thing that's going around the internet? It's like on Twitter or something. It's like, take off the first letter and the last letter of your name and tell us what it is. And mine's Ilya. <laughs> Ray would be A. A. He'd be the Fonz. He's kind of the Fonz anyway, right? A. But he has never jumped a shark. No. <laughs> but I have lived in an apartment above a garage, so. Oh, my God. <laughs> did you have a leather jacket? Yes. Absolutely. <gasps> Perfect. Oh, my God. It's yeah. all coming together now. Yeah. Mm. Hair product. That was like a dream Grease. come true. It was like, would you like to live in an apartment above a garage? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. who wouldn't? You're like, my office already is in a men's room. <laughs> Coming together. Hey, on today's show, we're going to be speaking with culinary entrepreneur Adam Richman about his new mm-hmm. history channel show, Adam Eats the 80s, which sounds like an old, I realize now it sounds like an old, uh, like a Godzilla film or old 50s, uh, right? Horror film or space uh, sci-fi mm-hmm. film. Yeah. But we've known Adam for over a decade now. We've watched uh, his many different uh, television shows where he's finding, experiencing, and presenting uh, various foods, often the best foods in, certainly throughout our country. I first watched him on Man Versus Food. Did you guys ever watch that show? I have seen that, yeah. I've caught it here and there, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, I caught it when it first came out, it was like 2008 or so. It was during a time when, I don't remember what it was, my wife was pregnant or so, we had a lot going on. And so mm-hmm. we would find solace in television. And a lot of it, those TV shows involved food. They were just really comforting. And that, oh. and that was one of them that we watched <laughs> religiously, all of them. Yeah. He didn't look comfortable in a lot of those though. <laughs> was that comforting? That's true. Well, I think it was mostly because he would introduce these, you know, foods that were, now obviously he ate like the challenge size of it, you right. know. That's what I'm thinking of. But yeah. he would, you know, to, in a normal portion of those foods often seemed amazing and delicious. So you'd want to seek them out, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the old 96er. Yes. <laughs> What about the fat and gristle? Whatever he says. But in his new show, Adam is traveling around the country tasting some of the most iconic and forgotten foods from our favorite decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in some instances, he actually has to work to find, you know, have folks put them back together for him because they don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And other times he's tasting products. And I haven't seen an episode with this yet because the, the series is ongoing right now, but tasting products that were never intended for the public to consume. Ooh. I want to check that out. And we also asked folks for their foods from the 1980s that they loved or hated or whatever, remember? And we're going to be sharing those responses with, with you in a, a little while uh, in the show. Hey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you start over. Wait a minute. That, that's a redo. Redo. Hey, a couple of announcements. 
Hey, remember just a few weeks ago, we had on the ladies from And The Beat Goes On, Dating After Divorce, Jackie and Dion, our friends from one of our, our favorite new show. You remember mm-hmm. those? Well, hey, I was just on their show and that is running right now. So after you get done listening to this episode, head over to And The Beat Goes On and you can hear us mm-hmm. talk about, hmm, we talk about, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, what do you talk about? I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> we talk about closure, I guess. So they, and you know, because. Uh, yeah. The idea that uh, when you have a relationship and it ends, you, there's still a lot of things that linger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe whether or not closure mm-hmm. would play a role in sort of putting an end to those things. Like I brought mm-hmm. up, you know, still dreaming about exes. And I think I've realized now what they, what those, their metaphor is for. Mm-hmm. We talk about mm-hmm. that or having memories. Like, what am I supposed to do with these memories? Why do I have to remember this? I saw this moment, this movie with this certain girl I dated, or I remember how she used to do. And you don't control them just like lightning. It's like, right? Has that ever happened right. to you guys? Ray's not even mm. near the microphone. He's so removed from this no. conversation. <laughs> oh, he came back just to say that. I'm sure it has happened to me and I don't yeah. remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I've dated a lot of no, people, actually, so I have a volume of people to draw on. Uh, no, no <laughs> a- actually, that's yeah, a lie. Yeah. The answer would be mm-hmm. yes. There are moments yeah. in time mm-hmm. that are tied to mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I, I can't I can't just roll back to the microphone and say no like, <laughs> like you did. <laughs> like I did because the answer yeah. is actually yes. I understand what like, you're saying. What do you do with that? Like how I, I don't need this anymore. But you know, anyway, right. we, we we talk with the ladies about that. You know, they awesome. back it up with some research that, that uh, they brought to the show and I did. Mm-hmm. Um and then the other announcement on March 24th, we're going to be doing Facebook uh we're going to be doing trivia, 1980s mm-hmm. trivia on Facebook Live again. So just like we did in February, we're doing it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, movie questions, music, uh, TV, other potpourri. Um, <laughs> you have a chance to win a $50 e-gift card if you join us on Facebook Live on March 24th at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you'll hang out with uh, Ray Cat and myself mm-hmm. and have a good time and answer some questions. And you might just win a prize. Mm-hmm. Um, It'll be fun. Yeah. Okay. The last one was fun. Yeah, yeah it was, right? <laughs> Like I yes, said, it was, it was like it was like doing the show, but also giving people mm-hmm. a chance to win a prize. Precisely yeah, that. Similar. <laughs> you can follow us on Facebook for more information, and we'll get you over to the to the right place. All right, hey, let's get caught up on 1980s news. In 1980s news this week, per Bloomberg, this is another thing. Thinking about the food thing, Ray, that we talked about. Mm-hmm. I think that was in I want to say February or March or April, sometime around that in 2020. And around that same time is the last time you and I spoke about the DeLorean being revamped and coming out again. Now, it never did. Hmm. Oh. Uh, and once in, mm-hmm. we talked about it that time, that in 2016, they had announced they were going to re, re, revamping it too. And, you know, so it's been talked about for a while. But now the latest incarnation of this is that the DeLorean is going to be coming uh, to us in a form of an electric vehicle. Hmm. Now the, uh, yeah. So the infamous gold winged car is being resurrected by a Texas in Texas by a group of executives who most recently spent time at a China backed EV startup, Karma Automotive. They're working with Stephen Wynn who acquired the DeLorean branding rights in 1990s. I didn't catch this, but apparently the teasers for this new DeLorean EV emerged right before the Super Bowl kicked off. Did you, I didn't see anything about that. Did you guys? I don't watch the Super Bowl, so I didn't, <laughs> but I that's, did watch this little video. That's un-American, <laughs> but uh, no, nah, I didn't catch it either. Yeah. The, uh, in the little teaser that we've watched now, the tagline is the future was never promised. And if you follow the links to their website where you can sign up for announcements when it's coming out, et cetera, 
And also, by the way, at this website, there's a button that says shop. So I said, oh, let me see what one of these things costs or going to cost. Ooh. You click on it and they're selling t-shirts that say DeLorean. And that's what you can buy right now. <laughs> nice. but, but when you sign nice. up for the newsletters and updates, it says sign up to the future. Hmm. All right. So of course, mm. the original car gained notoriety in the early 1980s because of, originally, it, it was, it's an infamous car, right? I mean, John DeLorean yes. had these issues. Mm -hmm. He was, uh, the company, it was something, the story goes in short that the company was like $17 million in the hole when he was approached by somebody who I think was his neighbor to help him fund a, a, a cocaine deal that DeLorean would walk away with like $24 million if they could help, if he could help him sell this hundred pounds of no, I think it was 200, 200, over 200 pounds of cocaine. It turns out this was a sting operation and the FBI was, in, was told by this uh, right. informant that this happened. John DeLorean, though, was never uh, indicted. He was acquitted because they, they, they uh, used the defense of, uh, what do they call that, uh, police entrapment. It's entrapment, mm -hmm. yeah. Because he mm -hmm. wasn't otherwise looking to do this. He wasn't a, had no criminal record, et cetera, and so on. But right. so we knew about DeLorean long before it even appeared in the Back to the Future movie because of all these sort of scandals that followed the car and mm -hmm. the uh, CEO of the company. But come on, DeLorean's what put it on the map and keeps it on the map, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's no, it, I mean, they're using this, the future was never promised, sign up to the future, which isn't even a sentence. What is that? Sign up to the future. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I don't think anybody would buy a single one of these if not for the movie, right? Oh, right, absolutely. Right, right. I don't think anybody's going to buy them anyway. I knew someone in the 80s who had one. Yeah. Was it before the movie? I believe it was. It was a friend and business par partner of my uncle, and it was a big topic of conversation that he had purchased mm. one of these cars. I never got to sit in it. I don't even yep. think I got to see it, but mm. it was talked about. It was a uh. popular topic, yeah. Nice. Mm. The, yeah. Do you know what the big problem with this car is? Hmm. Not the gullwing doors. No. <laughs> they uh they're they're trying to make this one electric. Okay. When what they should be doing is make it run on beer cans and banana peels. Yes. Mr. Fusion. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a good point. What right? are they doing? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Huh. It's a missed opportunity there. You're right. They shouldn't have it come out until you can power it on garbage. Right. Because mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Gas prices are too damn high. <laughs> Ray's got long white gloves on right now. I don't know why. <laughs> hey, in other 1980s news via Yahoo Entertainment, we have learned that the we've learned about the Batman that never was. I don't think I ever heard this story, but we learned about that. There was a time when Bill Murray and Eddie Murphy almost played the dynamic duo. That's amazing to think about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When, when you hear this whole thing here in, in the early 1980s, yeah. the late great Ivan Reitman planned to cast the Saturday Night Live stars as the dynamic duo in a never uh, made Batman feature. Bill Murray told Yahoo Entertainment that he quote, talked to Eddie Murphy about it and Eddie wanted to play Batman. <laughs> but that was as far as the, the conversation went. Then when Murray was asked, well, if he was going to play Batman, were you willing to play uh, Robin? And uh, the Ghostbusters star said, quote, I don't want to be the boy wonder to anybody. <laughs> Maybe much earlier when I was a boy, but it, it was too late for that in the 80s. Also, <laughs> I couldn't do the outfit. Every, Eddie looks good in purple. I look good in purple. In red and green, I look like one of Santa's elves. Unquote. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. What was Bill Murray? He must have been in his 30s by then, I would think. I would think. And he was older than Eddie Murphy. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. You know what? I scream Bruce Campbell, Jason uh, Muse on this all day long, yep. but man, 
this would have been a great Batman version if Bill was Batman mm-hmm. and Eddie was Robin. Yes. Because, funny, you know, funny, funny, man, this would have been funny. <laughs> it's sad that they couldn't agree mm-hmm. to have Eddie mm-hmm. play Robin mm-hmm. because that's the only way it would work because yeah, <laughs> Bill is Robin makes no sense. Yeah. Right. Not but, even a little bit. No. But God no. damn, would this have been funny? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and it seems like it was, look, Ivan Reitman's involved, but just to make it clear, it was going to be a comedy version of, of the characters. It wasn't, they weren't going to try to. I would hope so. Yeah. And this is pre-Tim Burton's Batman. And the last incarnation mm-hmm. of Batman we had seen was Adam West and Burt Ward on the 66 yeah. Batman, which was more mm-hmm. campy. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and if mm-hmm. you think about it, uh, Bill Murray's style is very similar to Adam West. He's kind of a hmm. funny straight man. Yeah. Yes. Sort of deadpan yes. delivery. Yeah. Whereas dry, Eddie Murphy's yeah. more of a over the top kind of hmm. you know, yeah. actor. But they were going to play the roles the other way around. I don't think that would have worked. It wouldn't have worked. Uh, All uh, I can picture is donkey, like Eddie Murphy. Like, okay. <laughs> donkey. <laughs> like, you know, he would, I, I can See, apply that to Robin. <laughs> like for me though, if I, when I think of Eddie Murphy, I think of trading places. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I could see Robin being like that. Okay. And I think Bill Murray as Batman will be more like his character in Stripes. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Where he's kind of in control, but he's like yeah. still kind of, you know, funny, but he's got his shit together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think this would have been awesome. Hell, I'd still go see it. They could they could put this out right now. <laughs> they could. And look, we got this Robert Pattinson Batman running right now in another Batman universe. They just you have another Earth with a different mm-hmm. Batman and Robin. It's it's you know, it's the trend right now to have these multiverse stories. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, I would drive my uh, Pontiac Trans Am that I won a few episodes ago to whatever movie the, theater was showing this with You, you know that exists in the Corey <laughs> Feldman metaverse, right? And you need that digital uh, prosthetic ear to get in. If you had to pick a Batman villain (laughs) for Corey to play in that movie. Oh, Corey Feldman's in it now? Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, if, let's just say he's the villain, who would you pick him to play? Oh. I would pick him to play uh, the character that Roddy McDowell played in 66 Batman, the bookworm. Oh. Oh, That's a good one. Because Hmm. there's something about Corey Feldman sort of, figure, you know, how he, and he wears a sort of leather clothes and tight fitting clothes mm-hmm. that Roddy McDowell, that 66 tailored sort of look was with the hat and mm-hmm. Corey Feldman often has hat. I don't know. Just something yeah, about the costume. That's a that good, fits. Yeah. I was going to go Mad Hatter. Okay. Mad Hatter. Yep. Because of the hat. Yeah. 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 We're picking about it based on costume. Yeah. No? Yeah. Yeah. No. I don't know about that. <laughs> No, he told. I'm not saying it would be a good Riddler. No. no. <laughs> That's just what, okay, yeah, forget I, it. Yeah. <laughs> Look, if you had any doubts that this story's true, the screenwriter, Sam Hamm, who who wrote the Burton film and the executive producer, producer Michael Uslan, I'm going to say mm-hmm. Uslan, I don't know. Sorry, Michael. I think so, yeah. And, he, and by the way, this is a guy who's owned the film rights for uh, Batman since 1979. So he's been the producer on every Batman film ever. If you see Batman, this guy's producing it because he owns it. I can't imagine. What an amazing, you know, I don't know how much it cost him in 79, but it seems like a really smart. Anyway, they both confirm that those rumors are true, which Mm -hmm. brings me to, once again, it's time to play. Hmm? 
So look, this got me thinking about some other characters or actors who who were considered for roles in 1980s films. And I've got five for <gasps> you here. Ooh. I've got five <laughs> films and I'm going to give you two names. One of them was actually considered for the role, I'll tell you. And one of them is I just added them in there to try okay. to throw you off. You tell me which is the actor who was uh, to who may have been chosen instead of the you know the character that or the actor that actually made it. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Here's the first one. We know that Michael J. Fox ultimately played uh, Marty in Back to the Future, but one of these other actors was also had also either auditioned or was considered for the role. Was that uh, Jason Bateman or Charlie Sheen? Oh man, are we teaming up on this? We can. Oh man, I feel like I knew this and it fell out of my head. Maybe Ray caught um, it. <laughs> I'm going to say Charlie Sheen. I, I disagree. I think it's Bateman because okay. I think Charlie looks too old for the role at mm. that time. Okay. So you going with that? Yeah, let's go Bateman. Okay, okay, fine. No, it was Charlie Sheen. He auditioned to play Marty. Yeah, that's right. Hey, in The <laughs> Breakfast Club, we know that Judd Nelson ultimately played Bender, but one of these other actors was also considered for the role. Was it John Cusack or David Duchovny? I'm going to say John Cusack. I like Duchovny for this one. <laughs> should we go with Kat this time, though? I think that we should just get our own answers. Okay, all right. So uh, we'll I'll go press both cats. ones at the same we'll, time. We'll, nah, we'll go with cats. All right, yes. <laughs> it was John Cusack. Although, uh, uh, David Duchovny actually, though, incidentally, auditioned for all three male roles on Full House. Oh. He didn't get any of them. And he didn't get any. <laughs> uh, when Harry met Sally, ultimately, no, Billy Crystal plays Harry. But who mm-hmm. else was, uh, and actually, this person was offered the role, according to these stories. Was it Tom Hanks or Robin Williams? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I'm going to go with Tom Hanks. I think that's where I'm leaning to. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's right. Tom Hanks reportedly said the script was kind of light. He wasn't interested. Oh. But then he would hook up with uh, her for Joe versus the volcano. That's, that's right. right. <laughs> All right. Hey, in, mm-hmm. in The Shining, we know Jack Nicholson played uh, Jack Torrance. Mm-hmm. But there was another actor that was considered who uh, Stanley <laughs> Kubrick. Oh, there you go. Stanley Kubrick deemed as, quote, okay. too crazy to play the role. Oh. Was it Robin Williams or Al Pacino? Oh, Al Pacino. I think it's Al Pacino. No, Robin oh. Williams. Wait a minute. Huh. Wait too a crazy. minute. Too crazy. That just seems wrong, though. Robin Williams. Well, it makes sense because, role. well, Robin Williams is so manic in his comedy. Mm-hmm. So it would make sense. Yeah. That could be what the crazy meant, yeah. Mm. Oh, because oh, remember, hey, yeah. Because oh, 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 oh. remember, what, anything he's right in, <laughs> they record yeah. like 80 hours of shit. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then they had to just whittle it down because he was so good at just, you know, yeah. riffing and right. coming yeah. up with stuff. Voices. Yeah. But he was manic. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it would have gave that a whole new vibe. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I can't even imagine mm. that. Can't. He did play some, you know, dramatic roles. Garp, he's amazing in Garp. Yeah. yeah. And very but controlled. Can, can, and Can't you imagine the scene where he's like, I don't want to kill you. <laughs> yes. yeah. I want to bash your <laughs> brains in. Yes. All right, here's your final one. In Star Wars, uh, mm-hmm. we know that uh, Harrison Ford ultimately played Han Solo, but this other actor was offered the part and turned oh it down, saying he didn't get it. He didn't really just, he didn't understand it. All right, was it oh. Ed Harris or Al Pacino? 
I don't know who Ed Harris is. <laughs> oh. You don't know who Ed Harris is? No. Ed Who's Harris, Ed Harris in the eighties was in the the right stuff. Uh, Ed Harris was in. Um, he was in. Uh, Wasn't he in Apollo thirteen too? Yeah, huh. he was the guy in the control room. He plays helped. a lot of astronauts, so I'm going to go okay. with him. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> oh, because <laughs> of the space connection. Yeah. yeah. No, it was Al Pacino. Oh, Al no. Pacino turned it down. <laughs> Can't you imagine that? Yeah. Al Pacino in that role? <laughs> Say hello to my furry friend. <laughs> I love that. That's perfect. Oh, oh my man. God. All right. Hey, I'm glad things turned out the way they did for all these films. Including Batman, ultimately, I guess. Although, but mm-hmm. all right. Well, anyway, hey, that was 1980s news. Get off your lazy ass and review the show. All right, maybe we shouldn't say stuff like that. Hey, on the that's day we good. Guest. I like that. Well, you know, yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to say it. I, I got to tell you guys, I'm really looking forward to. I'm really <laughs> hoping. It seems likely, and fingers crossed, we'll be speaking with the legendary DJ Scott Shannon, who. Mm-hmm. If you don't know Scott Shannon by name, you know his influence on radio in the 1980s because he created the zoo morning, the Z, you know, the zoo, what do they call it? Morning zoo morning format zoo. that yep. swept the nation uh, later in the 80s because, you know, he had created that when he, when he started out and then ultimately mm-hmm. bring it to New York and it got sort of a, you know, a greater notoriety. And I want to talk to him about this, Ray, and you'll appreciate this because part of his strategy was he just was attacking his, you know, competitors. That <laughs> well, guy's an idiot. A- that guy's awful. That's a great strategy. I don't think we could do that today because no one's listening. Oh, you yeah. could. Like our competitors but, are um, Yeah. Hmm. But most of our competitors are our friends, so it would be counterproductive. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that would stink if we trashed John Reddick, right? <laughs> <laughs> and well, John Reddick yeah. is an <laughs> No, no. Anyway, but uh, hey, look, I didn't. Anyway, but why did I say all that? Review the show. Something Ray, about come reviews. on, it's easy. Please do it. It means a big. That's it right. makes a big difference. Seriously, liking, sharing a post, going on Facebook, sending us an email, all these kinds of things <laughs> help. But today on the show, we're going to be speaking in just a moment with Adam Richmond. Like I mentioned, he's got a new show, Adam Eats the 80s. Mm-hmm. And he's eating all the foods that, you know, many of the foods that we loved and grew up with. So I wanted to talk to you guys about stuff, foods that you remember consuming in the 1980s that bring back fond memories. And maybe even just mm-hmm. how you consumed them. Mm-hmm. I just have two words. Well, not yeah. just two words, but I'm going to start with two words. Red okay. Lobster. Oh. Red Lobster. I oh. know Red Lobster was not didn't start in the 80s. I it think didn't? it started in 1968, but oh, it was a okay. big part of my 80s mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. Wow, you know a lot about Red Lobster. <laughs> I Googled it. <laughs> when did they start? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I ever experienced Red Lobster till later in my life. Huh? No, I was going to say, I got two words, government cheese. Yeah. Oh, the two ends of I the didn't spectrum. Grow, yeah. I did not grow up hoity-toity <laughs> like cat. <laughs> She's eating cheese biscuits. You're eating government I'm cheese. Government cheese. Yeah. You, okay, wait, you think I was hoity-toity, but I wasn't. My, and now it's my a race to the bottom. dreaded when it was my turn, like it was my birthday yeah. or there was something we yeah. were going to go celebrate because they knew that I was going to say Red Lobster. Yeah. And they were huh. like, oh, man. <laughs> and, wow. and I loved mm-hmm. lobster, fried shrimp, mm-hmm. steamers, Manhattan. As, as most wealthy people do. Mm. Oh, my God. No, and my father would say... He felt sorry for any future boyfriend I had oh. because I was an expensive date. Yes, yes. As he took his monocle out and put his top hat on the the foyer <laughs> table. Yeah. If you foyer. knew my father, you would not. Yes. you would not believe how incredible that is. What you're saying? How? how See, Ray had a foyer. <laughs> yeah. Was your house yeah. big enough that you could ride your uh, 
big wheel around it, like Danny and the shiny. Now I'm picturing uh, uh, Scott Schwartz in the toy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or, or did you have a train that went through the living room? Oh, like Ricky Stratton. <laughs> so we're getting off topic here. Wait, wait, wait. I was going to say. This is a whole other episode about how wealthy Cat was. We'll save that for another episode. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, Gatorade is oh. one that comes to mind. When Gatorade came out, now look, I, I learned that Gatorade started earlier than that, but in the 1980s, in 1983, it was actually purchased by Cricker Oats. Oh. For some crazy okay. amount of money, $220 million beating out Pillsbury. And it was wow. around that time that they introduced a new flavor because for the 20 prior years, they only had lemon, lime, and orange. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it then, but in 83, they introduced fruit punch. Oh, yeah. Red oh, Gatorade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I so remember we'd play in the park and we'd stop and get a Gatorade. We'd all like chip in to get for one Gatorade and share it. Like playing basketball or whatever, <laughs> passing it around. Communal. It was like the wine in church. Everybody got a sip, but you had to move on. I used to fill, um, we used to fill glasses with a uh, Coke or Pepsi or whatever uh-huh. <laughs> had been purchased for us. That was constant. There was always soda around. Yeah. And we'd freeze it and then I would chip away at it. I really wanted it to be like a slushy, yeah. which was hmm. another thing I was fond of. But, um, but no, like it just never worked out. So we had to take grapefruit spoons and chip away at the, at mm-hmm. the soda. We ate a ton of Burger King and McDonald's back mm. in the eighties, like, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we were always in sports. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was just go to practice, hit McDonald's, Burger King, grab mm-hmm. some food. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The, it was good back then. Cause it came in, uh, environmentally safe styrofoam. <laughs> they kept the food. <laughs> Secure <laughs> that kept the, the food from decaying. Yeah. And when you're talking about the containers, I can't help but remember the McDLT, you know, where you could keep your oh, hot side yeah. hot and your oh cold side gosh. cold. There was a scientist that came up with that. Yeah. So you know mm-hmm. it's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that if you separate things, one will stay one. They will keep the temperature. Yeah. They paid that guy a lot of money yeah. to, mm-hmm. to figure that out. He wow. wasn't clowning around. No. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> sometimes you know Ray refers to scientists and I make the bad jokes it's just this kind of like Freaky Friday kind of thing it it's is the dichotomy yeah <laughs> well, I'm um, so confused <laughs> another thing that uh, I associate with the 1980s and it turns out it came out in the 1980s Hot Pockets oh man oh, oh my gosh yes yeah, I had those, those for good. a period of time I kind of got sick of them yeah. <laughs> but those were my after work mm. meal I worked at an ice cream parlor mm. and I wouldn't get mm. home to like 11 sometimes and yeah. Hmm. yeah they were like that Ray's saying is like practical. But okay. so as we had microwaves, we could have microwavable food and yep. uh, right. pockets. Now see, you know, uh, another yeah. thing though that I did a lot in the 80s was, was we would take the hot dogs yep. and just hold them, put them on forks and just cook them right on the, the stove fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we did that a lot. Yeah. And we mm-hmm. ate a lot of steak them. Oh, steak them, oh. yes. I haven't, I huh. don't think I've had a Steakum since like 1989. <laughs> Man. No, do they even have those anymore? Huh. They I do. Know. I they saw do. them at the store the other day. Oh, I got to get they Steakums. Do. But mm. uh, junk food again. Yeah. I loved uh, Doritos and pizza mm. flavored combos. I had a certain way of eating them too. Oh, combos. Oh combos. yeah. That's a good one. Oh yeah. I had to eat them a certain way. I had to find the seam with the pretzel well, Yeah, You got to break it. Yep, break it So you can get the good part out. That's right. Like eat the outer edge and the, oh yeah. (laughs) We also ate a lot of, uh, and I think this might be my family specific because um, we would often eat ice cream sandwiches for dinner. Mm. Mm, For dinner? Oh yeah. Yeah, You got your protein in the milk there. Oh yeah. Fiber in the sandwich part. 
Yeah. It's it's a sandwich. It's a sandwich. It's a sandwich. <laughs> if anybody comes, if anybody asks what you have for dinner, Tom was a sandwich. There's a sandwich. <laughs> he instructs his younger brothers. Yeah. I'm a little jealous of this oh. sandwich. For this is the kind thing. of dinners my daughter and I have when my wife's out of town. Oh, yeah. We want for dinner. Ice cream? Yeah, fine. I don't care. Yeah. Um, you remind me, though, there was a really short-lived cereal, and Adam talks about this, I think, in the first episode, about how cereals were huge in the 1980s. We're talking mm-hmm. about the sugary cereals we ate for oh, breakfast. Yeah. And in yes. part, it was because, and we've talked about this before, the law had changed. Ronald Reagan had done, you know, his administration had done away with the law that prevented advertisers from advertising to children. Mm-hmm. Once that was gone, all kinds of stuff was advertised to us, including cereals were huge. Mm-hmm. And TV shows became commercials for products, you know, like, like Mr. T. Uh, well, <laughs> he had a cereal and a show where I think in the cartoon, he actually yeah. was eating his own cereal at times. <laughs> so meta. You know what, though? That's one of the best things that ever happened. Yeah. Because it totally gave us an opportunity to see the things we wanted to have. Ah. Yeah. I guess <laughs> Maybe the, not that we yeah. should have them. Well, no, 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 no. This was the 80s. Parents. That's up to yeah, the parents. That, this was the it's 80s. It's a totally oh, yeah. different time. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I absolutely there, think. That was a great decision because that gave us the ability to see this, the things we wanted mm-hmm. and to be a part of the 80s um, money grab, basically. Like, the you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's basically the child version of Wall Street. <laughs> yeah. I need that. I want that. How do I get it? Where's yeah. where, where's Gordon to tell me how to get it? It was, yeah. We, hey, they call it the greed decade in the 1980s. Yeah. Really? yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, Ray, it makes me think, like you were saying earlier about the government cheese, you now see all these things on TV. So you say to your mom, I want this. And she says, well, we're eating government cheese. I can't get that for you. Right. Oh, wait, that leads to you stealing the toys from the store. That's when I about- shoplift yes. everything I see in the commercials. Now okay. I realize. Yeah. Right. Now you got it all figured out. The grab, the literal grab right. of what you That's want. That's when you yeah. take a yeah. piece of paper and you yep. write down Transformers. Yep. Mm-hmm. You write down G.I. List. Joe. You have a shopping list that's just going down your pants. <laughs> with everything else. Shoplifting list. Uh, you know, yeah. speaking of cereals though, and ice cream sandwiches, I'm reminded of a cereal I loved. I think it only lasted for a few months in 1987. Oh, ice cream cones cereal. It hmm. was little that's, mini that's ice cream cones. One. Had a cone yeah. and a little ice cream ball on top. <laughs> it's all made out of corn, you know, and it's flavored or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love those. I don't remember nope. if I ever tried those, but we had a lot of cookie crisp. Oh, and one day. Oh man. But as a kid, I remember oh, sitting there oh, with a bowl of cookie crisp mm-hmm. and I guess maybe I'd sit, let it sit there a little too long or something. And I yeah. remember thinking, oh my God, this is horrible. Why oh, am I eating this? They're too soggy. <laughs> it was so sweet. Yeah. And, oh, and so yeah. soggy. It, it was, yeah. I let it go too long. Oh man. <laughs> Fruity pebbles. That's the oh, one. I, I ate that for breakfast mm-hmm. probably from 1980 to 1985. Yeah. Every day. Wow. Like every day, fruity yeah, pebbles. Oh, I I could, and I still do this now. It's it's kind of a you know maybe in our middle age we what, what like infantilize or I don't know but some sort of we what do they call it when you sort of re- regress regress I guess right yeah they, yeah, yeah I, I think that's so the correct term now yeah. when regression. I was a kid I did this and I'm starting to do this now every now and then is eating cereal at night right before mm. I go to bed so I could digest it while I sleep. When I was a kid, it didn't bother me, I don't think. But Have you tried honeycombs as an adult? Oh, uh, boy. Not, no, that, not recently. Dude, that rips your mouth apart. Oh, okay. Like, I don't oh. know how we could even get that, like, 
Like I had some honeycombs yeah. like six months ago yeah. mm-hmm. and like my mouth hurt for like four months afterwards. It was what? horrible. It just honeycombs are like eating sandpaper wrapped mm. in, in gravel. It was but, horrible. <laughs> you know why they hurt you though? Cause honeycombs are big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 They're not small. <laughs> no, 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 no. When I was a kid, Captain Crunch honeycombs, what I oh, did. That's another one. What oh, I, Captain yeah. Crunch will tear you apart. What I did though is unlike cat with the, cookie crisp I would let them sit purposefully and I would mm. keep checking on them almost like I was cooking them on a stove and oh. see when they were the right texture that they weren't oh dangerous that's smart but wow. not too much because then they get like that cookie crisp and it's disgusting oh it's disgusting see yeah. in the 80s when we were kids yeah we were like animals yeah. it hit mm. the bowl the milk went in and you just devoured <laughs> oh yeah nope nope well you can picture me with a bow tie on and a cardigan and <laughs> Being very dainty about the whole thing and patient. Yeah, that's how I was. Yeah, that's not how we were. Yeah, nope. No, no, no. Well, you no. had two brothers. <laughs> no, no, no. You had two brothers. No, so no, you, no. Yeah. A lot of it families. Was a, like that well, there's another, this is another funny story too, because um, like my mom worked second shift. So she would like, um, before we got home, she would buy McDonald's and yeah. just throw it in the microwave, shut the door and be like, stick a note on the front of it. McDonald's in the microwave. Uh-huh. Yeah. So whatever brother got home first mm-hmm. ate all the McDonald's. Oh, <laughs> man. So that's how it worked. So, so it was survival of the fastest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so did that apply to everything? Every oh, yeah. food product? If yeah. you open the freezer and you're the first one to see the sandwiches yep. in the freezer, <laughs> then uh, you probably ate six of them out of the box. And just like the other brothers were like, yeah, I only get two Ice cream sandwiches for dinner? Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. <laughs> That's how it works when you got brothers. Uh, very quickly, I didn't know fruit uh, roll-ups, yeah. nerds, cinnamon toast crunch, also 1980s. Fruit roll-ups is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre mask of food. <laughs> what? Yeah, you could do that. Yeah, You hold it up and you're sticking your tongue through it. Oh. It's like you're putting on somebody else's face. <laughs> Chew like a little hole and you can get your yeah. mouth through it. Yeah, yeah, you're making, you're cutting eye holes in mm-hmm. it with, you could invisible oh, yeah. man up your face with it. Oh yeah. Get the oh, yeah. Oh yeah. That's a good food. Mm-hmm. Then you eat your own mask. Yeah. And then you eat your mask. That takes it to a whole new level. Hey, let's talk to a guy who knows. <laughs> look, he grew up in the eighties too, but uh, now he's uh, makes a living. Uh, you know, hey, getting to research and uh, eat the foods that we loved. Want this job? Uh, anyway, we'll be back in a moment with our guest today, Adam Richmond. Are you itching for a good story? Laughter among friends, maybe even a mystery or two. Well, you're in luck. Fire Breathing Kittens is a standalone Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Each episode is a separate three hour long story, like a movie for your ears, so you can listen to these adventures in any order you like. So join us on a real play DD quest as we solve mysteries, attempt comedic banter, and enjoy friendship. Fire Breathing Kittens podcast fantasy, action, mystery, friendship. For nearly 15 years, our guest today has simultaneously educated and entertained us about the most tantalizing food throughout the United States. During his mouth-watering career, he routinely went all in on man versus food, appeared as a judge on Iron Chef America, and determined the very best sandwich in our country. 
Now, with a depth of knowledge about 1980s pop culture on par with his already impressive culinary expertise, our guest is traveling the country, reliving his childhood, and tasting some of the most iconic and forgotten foods of the 1980s. You can catch Adam Eats the 80s on the History Channel on Sundays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, or stream it at history.com. Please welcome to the show... Adam Richmond. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, we're so grateful. Okay, I'm just. This yes. is just a, a question that just came to me now. Are you eating anything right now? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Oh, you're, every single show you've ever done, I'm just starving by the end of it. Yes. <laughs> well, hopefully, I can keep that track record up, and it can work in audio as much as in video. <laughs> I can hear you salivating. That's that's doing it for me. That's <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> And also untrue, but deeply terrifying. Yeah. If I was salivating with such volume that you could hear me over the phone, yes. it's like, c consult your physician. Yes, see a doctor. Yes. Hey, uh, look, let's, just like us, you know, we were born in the 1970s, grew up in the 1980s, and so we're so excited about your new show on the History Channel, Adam Thank you. Eats the 80s. Um, mm -hmm. The... Um, so we know, look, we, we're, we've been familiar with you for, I don't know, it's been at least maybe 15 years or so. Um, started mm -hmm. watching you with uh, Man versus Food. And um, you know what I find is interesting is that food is such a, you know, thing that we, we get to, uh, what's a communal thing where mm -hmm. we get to, you know, feel good and gather, et cetera. Even watching it on TV, I have that same experience. And so your shows throughout the years have provided a great comfort to me and my, my family as we've enjoyed them. Thank you. I love hearing that. So we know food played a, played a great role in your career over the last several years. Did it play a, a role or how did it play a role in your life during the 1980s? I think, first of all, um, being a child of divorce and having joint custody, having mm. both parents working was something that was not unique to me in the 80s. You know, I think right. you began mm -hmm. seeing divorce rates rise. You had women having agency in the workplace and, um, mm -hmm. you know, glass ceilings were, were, were broken, not, not as far as they have been till now in the 21st century. But I think the 80s was a very big formative time and you had um, a one third increase in the white collar population. So basically you had mom working, dad working, latchkey kids coming home in the mm. 80s. And it also mm -hmm. happens to be the decade that coincides with the invention of the microwave right. or at yes. least the widespread use and dissemination of the microwave. So for me personally, as a kid, Number one, I think kids in the 80s, we were given a degree of latitude and freedom that kids today might not have had. And so, you know, it was sort of come home when the streetlights come on sort of thing. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you had not just autonomy, but um, when you came home, you had a piece of cooking equipment that you were allowed to use, that parents were safe to use, uh, felt felt was safe for kids to use in the microwave. So for me, you know, I think about things I nuked when I came home or things <laughs> yes. I bought with friends at like local candy store, or the local fast food place, because I think that, um, you know, we spoke to a few marketing executives when we were planning this show and he talked about how, Kids in the 80s, um, their parents spent nearly double on them mm. what their parents had spent on them in the 60s. And furthermore, um, marketing executives determined that children had 
pester power. That's the industry term. <laughs> and because Reagan said in the 80s, you could advertise directly right. to children. Mm-hmm. You began seeing this massive proliferation of sugar cereals, cereals and candies with video game tie-ins, cartoon tie-ins. And um, you didn't see that before. So I think as a kid in the 80s, when I step back, yeah, there are certainly, and my mom, you know, I was always a little bit of a chubby kid. So mom didn't really allow a ton of junk food in the house. Mm. And so um, I was allowed like treats every so often, but mm-hmm. um, I do have fond memories because I wasn't constantly eating them of hostess pudding pies uh, or oh, the yeah. fat frog <laughs> ice cream or bubble mm-hmm. bill or froze toes or mm-hmm. um, gosh, remembering um the original when when Briars switched their branding and had their mint chocolate chip mm, and right. uh, my gosh Tuscan yogurt pops with Buddy Hackett in the commercial oh, and yes. also in the eighties in in Brooklyn you know Kings Plaza Mall which still exists and I worked at their first ever Red Robin um, oh, wow. you know that's we had an Orange Julius we had a mm-hmm. the first ever Sabaros. We mm-hmm. had Eddie Arcaros. We had a cookie house. And so um, while we didn't have the the food court that my rich relatives had out on Long Island or in Boca Raton, Florida, you know, so <laughs> so it would be a while before I was able to sample bourbon chicken. But yep. <laughs> I will say that uh, I do have very, very salient memories of, you know, the little fun junk foods and the candy cigarettes and chocolate cigars and yeah. – um, candy and little plastic coffins and trash cans and <laughs> David's cookies from Zabar's. I mean, but it's funny that I don't ever go, oh, the 80s, I remember eating kale and quinoa. I know it didn't happen. It's funny. I was definitely, you know, I know, but I don't think anybody's like, oh, I remember watching the 18 with my dad having grass-fed beef. If my Aunt Fanny, you did. <laughs> You know, you may, you remind me. I just read this statistic that I've—it's uh, from a, well, I've read a few different places. I found that uh, talk about how today we're actually eating—I uh, don't want to say worse, but that uh, food. Hmm, what was it? Uh, well, they were saying it's harder. This is what the headline said: It's harder to be thin now than it was in the eighties. That's again, that's what the headline said. And re- digging into yeah. this, they're, they're suggesting that we've got more chemicals and things, mm-hmm. more artificial sweeteners and things. I found that surprising that the eighties wouldn't have been the peak of bad eating. Yeah, I I find that a little hard to believe because I think that you have a much more educated diner, a much more internationally savvy diner. I was talking about this with a friend where, and I say this as someone who's lived in the Twin Cities and lived in Cleveland, that um, people in the Midwest can identify the difference between ramen, pho, udon, soba. And I don't think that non-Asian people in the 80s uh, in the Midwest could do that. Mm. I don't think that Lay's Mm -hmm. was making a sriracha flavored chip (laughs) in the 80s, but that's what I mean. And so the other thing that's very interesting as I travel the world is that in other countries, it's the wealthy people that are somewhat overweight and everyone else Mm -hmm. is slender. And in Mm -hmm. the U.S., it's quite reversed. And, um, And it's understandable, right? I mean, you have... um. A very, very sharp declension between the haves and have-nots. You have kind of since the late 70s. And for, and I say this as the son of a teacher, and you know what millionaires they are, 
Um, yeah. that, you know, imagine somebody who's earning minimum wage or a nominal income, having to feed a family of, of four or five and fast food provides a profound opportunity to do that in right. a time efficient manner. And you can't malign mm-hmm. a family for what they're able or not able to do. I just think that mm-hmm. now, um, I mean, I don't know. Everyone from Walmart is making prime and choice beef more affordable. I think that, the rise of the farmer's market and the farm box that people are getting. Right. I think mm-hmm. you're having greater opportunity. It's, it's, may I be quite honest, I feel that there's just a greater degree of education, whether or not people choose to avail themselves of it is, is a different matter altogether. But yeah. when you realize that children below the poverty line can't identify broccoli, and that's a fact, that's mm-hmm. not like a twee little soundbite. Yeah. The cool thing in the 80s mm-hmm. was, A, Reagan switching to supply side economics, Reaganomics floods the economy with money. And you also have more people watching television than ever. And unlike the fifties, more people could afford a television than ever. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, then ad execs and being slick and suddenly Reese's Mm -hmm. pieces end up in ET and, (laughs) you know, different foods end up fully integrated. You know, there's like Donkey Kong cereal, Mm Pac-Man cereal. I mean, when video games went from Pong to something you could wear on a T-shirt yes. and something you could, you know, I remember going, um, playing Little League and like getting into a very heated debate about which ghost in Pac-Man was the best <laughs> and was Pitfall and was Pitfall on Atari 2600 yeah. better than better than Frogger, uh, <laughs> which, of course, it is, it is too, yeah. like. Dude, you're jumping on the heads of yeah. alligators oh, yeah. while swinging from vines, and Jack Black is in the original commercial. Yes, Tell me more right. about your frog crossing the street. Kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the, uh, you, you know, you remind, you remind me too. Well, first of all, that, that's so wow, so well said. Uh, I didn't uh, obviously look. You're the expert on this, and uh, but yeah. you're pulling together so many things we've talked about in this show with regard to the politics and the socioeconomics of the 1980s and an influence on many areas. And I didn't even think about it, sort of how it affected food. But mm-hmm. the uh, you remind me that I think I'm not doing my children a disservice because I'm not letting. I'm not say I'm not letting them. I can't get them to cook their own food. You know, Ray <laughs> was talking about our co-host here was talking about how he cooked a hot dog over a open flame on a stove with a fork. Yeah, one as also a latchkey yep. kid. As a latchkey kid, I often came home and I would just stick a hot dog on a fork, turn the flames on, cook it up, Roast throw it. it on a piece of bread. Yeah. Yeah. I did that all the time. And the thing is, but that kind of resourcefulness, I really do think is gone. And yep. while they didn't necessarily, they had rel- like remnants of it in my high school. And I went high school 88 to 92. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking about this with a lot of the chefs, you know, with whom, and I say this like, the corporate chef from Pizza Hut, the founder of Cinnabon, one of the co-founders of Cinnabon, the man that created Jolt's Cola, all of whom are on this show, Jim Cook, the founder of Sam Adams Beer. Right. And we all talked. And the thing is, things like home ec are not taught anymore. And and I think people feel in a day and age where we're trying to mint a non-fungible token on a blockchain, <laughs> you know? I think oh, the man. idea of, sure, but can you fold hospital corners and organize your checkbook? <laughs> can, you know? you, can you fry an egg and yeah. know the proper way to store raw food in a refrigerator? And mm-hmm. that's the other thing about the 80s too, right? Yeah. That people forget. And that's why I'm, I'm so honored to do the show because I'm... Look, I'm just as 80s obsessed 
as you guys are for the sole reason that seeing how much the internet has both facilitated and hindered us yeah. as oh, a yeah. society oh. and how much I personally have had great successes, but humongoid foibles through social media and stuff yeah. that, you know, this is the last decade before the internet. So in-person interaction was more highly stressed, yeah. but, mm -hmm. and so you, your memories, I think are inherently more vivid. Your chat room mm -hmm. was them all. And, but mm -hmm. I think that for me, to look back at the 80s, not through the prism of fashion, big hair, shoulder pads, Bo Jackson cross trainers, you know, Adidas shell toe, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's, which I wore. But I think, <laughs> and it's not looking at it through Duran Duran and Tapau and Kajagugu and Bananarama. <laughs> and these are bands for young people listening. I think that, uh, I think, I think that, to look at it through food and go like, I didn't even realize this. For example, that ranchers carried over massive amounts of debt from the seventies into the eighties. So they mm. sold huge amounts of their cattle. Beef became more expensive in the eighties. Mm. So fast food pivoted to chicken. Then you saw the mm -hmm. McNugget in 83, the oh, BK yes. chicken vendor in 86. You mm. saw crazy wings from Roy Rogers. Um, also you have things like, sugar becoming more expensive due to natural events. And then mm -hmm. Robert Goizueta pivots to high fructose corn syrup for Coca-Cola mm. right. and changes the flavor forever. Shareholders say, okay, we can achieve the same bricks, BRIX sweetness level. And we, we're doing it for a third of the cost. You know, let's give Goizueta the company. And I can't poo poo it. The dude's name is over the business school at my college. Um, <laughs> but that's the dopest part about this show is because yeah. we work with actual like real life Willy Wonkas. We work yeah. with uh, food scientists at um, Matson Labs in Northern California, Nectel Labs in Chicago, the University of Wisconsin Madison's food laboratories and food sciences department. And they literally recreate, I kid you not, Keebler Magic Middles cookies, Bonkers oh. Fruit Chews, mm. the original McDonald's beef fat french fries, the original oh. Coca-Cola made with sucrose. We mm -hmm. recreated um, the, the, the lost flavor combination of nerds, of grape oh. and cherry. We, they recreated Willy because they were the ones who got the Willy Wonka license right. after the Gene Wilder film. Mm. And they... These and the, the Bobs, the, these two dudes, they they created nerds. B Bob one was uh, <laughs> making everlasting gobstoppers, and uh -huh. he saw the little bits of chalk of uh, chocolate, little bits yeah. of sugar, heart sugar in the bottom of the machine. He said, "You know what? We could coat those <laughs> with like like citric acid and." flavoring and color right. and they could become these little crunchy <laughs> sour chews and they did it and the other bob's kids named them nerds the graphic mm -hmm. guy used to draw those little fat dudes on the box mm -hmm. on his like desk calendar and then they said we should just use those you own them they're cute they even look like the little lumps of sugar and that's literally <laughs> like, they used a box that i think it was paul mall or like lucky strike cigarettes <laughs> Wow. That's who the box was 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 developed for. That little yeah. slide thing right. with yep. the hole yes. where you shake the nerds in. Yes, and yes. that's I what I mean. That. And you're meeting the people who do it. Like, so help me God, on my dad's gravestone, I swear to you now. When I met the woman who she's in the show, she's like, you know, 
in passing, she just casually like flexes and goes, yeah, you know, I, I created the Dole Whip. And I said, where do you keep your Nobel Prize? <laughs> you know, she created yeah, the Dole yeah. Whip. Mm. That's like creating gravity. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Look, so speaking about the show, what was it? Look, you mentioned so many foods that you enjoyed from the 1980s early on. We were talking at the beginning here. What was the process of you and your team determining which nostalgic foods you would feature? And as you say, in some instances, recreate. That's a great question. Um, I mean, obviously, as uh, you know, because I also executive produced the show, you have to think, number one, we're filming during COVID. We, you know, we were filming during Delta and the rise of Omicron. And mm -hmm. I have an immune compromised person in my family and my mom's in her 70s. And I'm not exactly possessed of an underwear model's physique. So I understand that being a larger mammal puts me in a very bad spot as far as COVID goes. So sure. COVID mm -hmm. safety and adherence to COVID protocol, it's not a mm -hmm. sexy answer, but it's an honest answer, was mm -hmm. top line for mm -hmm. me and for my crew. It wasn't like, you got, you know, I'm not, I'm not private Ryan. Like you can kill everybody else, but you gotta, you gotta make sure Matt Damon makes it through. And, uh, you know, so, uh, no, but it was for everybody and to make sure that they were uh, going to be accommodating of our COVID protocols, that they had good, strong ones in place uh, mm. for us. Number two, it had to be factually like, that's what I love about history channel mm. that like, they're going to be my phone of, and if I ever do millionaire, like their fact checking department, <laughs> yeah. they they could not only find Jimmy Hoffa, they'll tell you what position he's buried in, what he was wearing. Oh <laughs> and um, they they you have to have real roots in the 80s. Um, we have to have um, a, it has to have a real impact, like a true story to it. And ideally, if there is a direct connection with either the first location or the person who made it for the first time whatever mm -hmm. it is. So that's why for, you know, it's all well and good to talk about Sam Adams and the rise of the micro brew. But when Jim cook, the dude from all the commercials is the guy across the table. And mm -hmm. he's not only tells you Samuel Adams, Boston lager came from a recipe that I found in a trunk of my dad's under a bunch of his road and track and car and driver magazines. And then <laughs> dude wow. pulls out the handwritten recipe. Wow. And we had like, he, he needed to see the monitor to make sure that like I covered it with another part of my script yeah. just out of respect. But like, <laughs> dude, I'm not even kidding wow. you. This thing looked like a flight plan for like the Mars Rover. <laughs> <laughs> and but what I'm wow. saying is to get that kind of stuff from yeah. the horse's mouth to speak to mm -hmm. one of the two men who founded Cinnabon mm -hmm. and how he created it. So that was the other thing, too. There couldn't be too many degrees of mm -hmm. removal from mm -hmm. whatever that subject matter is, right. because otherwise, what's the point? Like, right. you guys are lovely people. You obviously have a copious knowledge of the 80s. I could talk to you guys about. Hundred grand bars or Reggie Jackson bars or whatchamacallit, mm -hmm. <laughs> and your opinion is every bit as valid. What I'm saying is nobody really cares about what the white Jew who looks like Fred Savage on a bender thinks about <laughs> orange chicken from Panda Express. But if the guy who created Panda Express in the 80s, after yeah. 50 different versions. And like, and I'm here to tell you, it's the best freaking orange chicken I've had in my whole life. It was, it was like crack. I'll never forget my my director Matt Braley, 
His birthday is actually today. He's one of the best. He also directs me in Modern Marvels. Uh, Matt Braley, uh, he, um, I said to him in passing during a voiceover session, like, God, how good, like, to have orange chicken made by the man who invented orange chicken. I said, it's the best I ever had. He said, it was. I said, I should have taken it back. I should have taken some home. He said, I took it all home. I said, what? I don't even know that was an option. He said, yeah. I said, how come you didn't say anything? He said, I didn't want to share it. I said, what? He said, I even, eat, he goes, I even ate some for breakfast. Wow. I'm like, you're such a dick. <laughs> By the way, yeah. I've tried to work 80s slang into this show so much oh, at the network and everyone has yeah. fought me. Tooth and nail. I've oh. tried to say that things were mint and things oh. were rad and things were so so deaf. What? What's the re- what's the resistance to that? I think quite simply two things. One, people won't know what it is. Mm. Two, it sounds a little bit like your, you know, your your science teacher making yeah, a molecule yeah. joke. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like the groan, like mm-hmm. the cringy groaniness of it. But like the nice thing is though, still during like I just had to do a two and a half hour uh, voiceover session uh, on one of the shows just yesterday, and uh, we've we've incorporated eighties jokes into <laughs> our oeuvre to pass the time. Nice. So now now I feel, for example, like why why should you have a DeLorean as a second car? Oh, uh, okay. Hang on, hang on. Uh, something about um, time. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's because you want to drive it from time to time. Oh, there you go. Yes. What? Yes. Dude, I love wow, that joke. Wow. I got pushed into the deep end of the pool. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I love that one. I think that that's, uh, yeah. well, I heard another really good one. What was it? Um, oh, why did Bono fall off the stage? Uh-oh. He got too close he to was- the edge. Oh. Yay! Oh, this is this is hip room. I love it. <laughs> and of course, what did Schwarzenegger say when he got invited oh, to the classical yeah. mm. composer costume party? I'll be Bach. I'll be Bach. Yep. Yep. <laughs> wow. Wow. I am. I am all the oh, way. And why are Valley Girls so odd? Because they can't even. Because they just can't oh. even. Oh. <laughs> oh my goodness. Last one, last one. Okay. What's wrong? <laughs> last one. What's wrong with the Bonnie Tyler GPS? Oh. Think about it keeps turn. telling me to turn around and every now and then it falls apart. It's, it falls apart, yeah. <laughs> oh man. You know what? Uh, you know what my favorite part about the new show is? It's it's about food, but I love the fact that um, you guys do all the history stuff about it. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, uh, yeah, I like your other show, but I think I like this one better because I was just, I watched the first episode and I was like, man, this is really cool and different. Mm-hmm. Cause that, uh, that pizza, oh. I, I want it. Right. <gasps> right. Yeah. And, and, and I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> That's the trick, right? It's all well and good to make an 80s show that speaks to people who have a personal connection to the decade. Mm-hmm. But what about the people that weren't born in it, don't remember yeah. it, were born mm-hmm. in another country and their experience was different than ours. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. the thing. It had to be ridiculously delicious food and a compelling degree of history for the mm-hmm. people who weren't there. And for everyone else, you know, it had to be, you know, a real, 
uh, trip down memory lane and it had to be whether it's I'm doing the Ginsu knife infomercial or the <laughs> juice band juicer infomercial or we're talking about where's the beef. And so it, it, that's that's the hard part is striking that balance because if I say where's the beef to someone in 2022, they're like, well, from what I understand, Soldier Soldier Boy and Kanye have had words in social media. And they're like, not that beef, not Wrong that beef. beef. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, that breakfast pizza. I, yep. you know, I grew up in the eighties, but I never knew about that. So that was cool to learn about. I had no awareness of it. And I mentioned it to my husband and he said, well, we make bref- breakfast pizza all the time. Cause we'll just use leftover pizza and put a fried egg on top. Right. <laughs> but then yep. I showed, I showed him this, your, your show. And he said, I have to try that. He wants to try to emulate what you guys did. We haven't tried it yet, <laughs> but he was amazed. It's so worth it. Mm-hmm. it's so worth it. it i'm praying that domino's hears because yeah. it's come up in just about every interview and mm-hmm. and now that it's not the the only reason it disappeared after the six months it existed in 1985 was mm-hmm. simply because it was a logistic nightmare because mm-hmm. unlike pizza which is yes. ordered throughout lunch through dinner and late night and people mm-hmm. that are you know stoned and watching bob's burgers <laughs> that the flip side is um uh, shout out to all my friends in Australia who get high and watch Bob's Burgers. <laughs> they, uh, the, the, the truth is people need breakfast during a very finite time. Mm-hmm. And, it's a, and, and it's a time crunch. Mm-hmm. People have to get to work. I mean, now yep. working from home, obviously things are different. But the, the fact is this was pre-internet. So now, you know, perhaps you could have reserved it because it was a partnership with USA Today. And you would get mm-hmm. a newspaper, a breakfast pizza, and a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And you could get a sweet one or a savory one. And mm-hmm. the truth is, um, in all honesty, the level of craftsmanship that's required by the Domino staff to create these because it's hard to believe mm-hmm. that they're still made by hand to me and, right. and to, to taste them <laughs> fresh was bananas. Yeah. Um, but, and it's dope. Like they, they brought out the vintage uniform, the vintage roof sign with suction mm-hmm. cup. I got to wear a original Noid costume, which, <laughs> you know, it, it, it could be its own it could be its own thing. I sent a picture to a girl and, and she said, oh, I love a man in uniform. <laughs> but I, because I had full, I was full dominoes, but the annoyed head, um, which, which if that's your sexual fantasy, please seek professional guidance. Um, but no, I would say the breakfast pizzas from Domino's, the Priazzo in particular from Pizza Hut, which mm. also disappeared. Uh, so I don't know. If, so as I mentioned, um, there was a one third increase in the size of white collar workforce in the eighties. And right. they were trying to get that slice of the lunchtime pie, so to speak. And so Domino's was doing 30 minutes or it's free in the eighties, which was groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. And then the mm-hmm. inverse was, uh, Dom- was, excuse me, pizza hut offering the personal pan pizza to your table in five minutes. So you knew you could have your own pizza, you wouldn't have to share it, your own pizza to your taste at your table in five minutes. The Priazzo was almost like the Peking duck of pizza. You had to order, it was like a 45 minute wait time. But at that point, if you recall, Pizza Hut had a salad bar. Right. Pizza mm-hmm. Hut um, had, had a those pitchers of soda. <laughs> yes. And check this out. 
I love that they're doing love that they're doing this. Number one, they embrace their their role in the eighties in mm-hmm. a way few companies do, straight up. Like I was I'm a Brooklyn kid. I had I was spoiled for choice of pizza and was ambivalent about chain pizza. Pizza mm-hmm. Hut won me over. I gotta tell you, they <laughs> they so embrace it. Number one, they have a series of restaurants that they are referring to as nostalgia, and mm. they're bringing back the original lamps. Those red, oh. clear, pebbled glasses yes. and the pictures, <laughs> the um, the original OG artwork, the tabletop Miss Pac-Man, tabletop mm-hmm. centipede. Um, <sighs> and the other thing that my director and co-producer, Matt, uh, the dude I was talking about, yeah. he, um, he reminded me, and we pivoted the whole segment, they played a role in Back to the Future 2, which was from 1989. Mm. And they brought to set actual movie props. Like if you remember Marty right. McFly's mom yes. takes the little mm. tiny pizza, right. throws it in something that looks like a microwave yep. and comes out with a full fresh pizza. Yep. <laughs> um, and oh my gosh. And like, do you remember that's, that was like the demolition man had Taco Bell in yep. it. Right. Like okay. all these big uh, integrations. Well, same poop, different toilet, right? Yeah. So they, uh, <laughs> yeah, but Pizza Hut, um, they brought like the Marty McFly glasses. They had, um, wow, that's awesome. It was just remarkable. And so they really embrace the 80s as their origin point. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I love that there's something as fans of the 80s and of pizza that we can go back and take part in. Same for Chuck E. Cheese. In the, mm-hmm. the title sequence for the show, I love that I could hear the Space Invaders right right at the very end, right before the show starts. Oh, yeah. I could hear the <laughs> Yes. I love that. So there was, yeah. There was, there's a few, and I'm so glad you catch them. There was one thing that killed me that we weren't able to do oh. um, because animators are, are very hard to come by uh, in this post pandemic world because everyone is trying to produce by remote and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Um, We had wanted to do like a little eight bit Adam getting off of a beanbag. And then when I would do these little, those little segments where like, I talk about Mr. T cereal. Mm -hmm. Um, We have the Ron Popeil egg scrambler. Right. Where you could mm-hmm. scramble the egg, the egg in the shell before cracking it, right? Because that's important. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but we wanted to do these little interstitials, so hopefully. But I love mm-hmm. the opening graphics. I need it on a trucker cap so badly, yeah. or like on a Raglan T-shirt, <laughs> you know, with like yeah. Ario Speedwagon vibes graphics. Yep. yep. But yeah. you know, I'm I'm just so I'm so honored you guys had me on because I think that for people who didn't live through the decade or have no personal connection to it. It's very easy. And I imagine that my people, my mom's age and stepmom's age um, react to when they see us mimic the fifties, they see (laughs) the greased hair and the the Mm -hmm. Chuck Taylors and the the jeans and the leather jackets. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. it's, it wasn't like that. And now I remember when we filmed in Madison, Wisconsin, there were kids at the college clearly going to an eighties party with side ponies, (laughs) leg warmers, um, the, uh, 
Jennifer Beals off the shoulder flash dance sweatshirt. (laughs) And it's like, oh, congratulations. Someone looked up Getty images. Big on you, you know? (laughs) And I'm not expecting them to come like rolling up in a tonsurton or a Benetton rugby or, you know what I mean? Frankie says, relax, don't do it. Oh, I had one of those. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Hell yes. Yo, listen, if you guys have not been, and I would, I will, I will publicize the episode. If you do a remote episode from Totally 80s Pizza in Fort Collins, Colorado, it is so in your wheelhouse and right up your street. I know about the it's, place. We 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 did a, a do you? we did a news thing about it a few yeah. months ago when he uh, went to their new mm-hmm. space. Right, they went to a bigger space. Right. Um, they, yeah, I tried to get a hold of them to be on the show. Even I would love to go down there. Yeah, they're they're okay. on this show. Because of them, I got to be in a DeLorean with a flux capacitor. They have original stuff. They have some of Peg Bundy's original jewelry from Married with Children. They have one of the bikes from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. They have a Frankie Says uh, shirt, an Airwolf lunchbox. Um, They had unopened things of runts and planters cheese balls and... They have those charm bracelets and that yellow weatherproof, shockproof Sony Walkman. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, (laughs) and I'll just say this. There is a a tribute above the urinal. In fact, when this episode airs, I'll repost it with the photo. I will. This is my promise. Uh, And with, so, um, Mm. Suffice, it's a tribute uh, in, in manner of speaking to Pauly Shore. Mm. The hashtag that's meant to accompany it is Weezen the Piss Juice. And it is because, because apparently the weasel himself uh, was incredibly hurtful and nasty to oh. the guy who created this. He apparently had spent quite a bit of money uh, to go to this event he was at and spent money on his photo so that he could sign it. and. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Paulie apparently mocked him for starting an '80s cafe and started oh. like, no, no, I gotta, I gotta. He was like telling people, this guy wants to start an '80s theme restaurant, like, and so they took mm. the uh, the autograph photo and it's above the urinal with a <laughs> with a plaque depicted this story, asking people to post it using the hashtag we the best juice. <laughs> That said, said, he also has nice things. He also does have (laughs) E.T. and one of MJ's jackets and, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like I say, C-3PO's cereal. Oh, Oh my God. And yes, I encourage everybody to have a Google and have a look at um, Prince of Thieves cereal. It's supposed to be a bowl of little arrows. Yeah. But you know the edges on the arrows are all rounded off. Yeah. And oh, no. it's, it it doesn't look like a bowl of arrows. Oh goodness. I I can it imagine. It looks like a bachelorette party <laughs> bowl of cereal. Oh. <laughs> yes. New Robin Hood bowl dicks. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I'm going to hell, but I hope you watch my show. Yes, yes. yes. And speaking of that, Adam, we're so grateful for your new show on the History Channel, Adam Meets the 80s. We've loved all your shows over the last many years that we've watched you. And this one, of course, is one that uh, really speaks to us. And I think, look, we're grateful for your time today. And I think you managed to do something that we weren't expecting. Just Mm -hmm. your audio alone, you made us hungry. We're starving. 
Thank you so much for your time. Yay! <laughs> yes. Yay. Thank you. Thank you all so much for your time. Uh, wow. Um, I knew <gasps> I knew a lot so about fun. right. But yes, so much of a learning opportunity too. I knew I knew a lot about yes. food, but tying it all together, these other things that were happening in the 1980s, you know, I wouldn't even have thought to do that. Brilliant. Yeah, he brought some depth into there that uh, yeah. I didn't quite anticipate. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he also, you know, just talking to him seems like somebody yeah. we would have hung out with in the mm-hmm. 80s. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like he could have been just one of our pals going to see Raiders of the Lost Ark and running across mm-hmm. the highway and doing all that stuff with <laughs> right. us. Bumming yes. quarters off him to yeah. play the right. next round of off a bridge space tied to a string or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And hey, maybe we'll get to hang out again because he was a cool dude. Hey, mm-hmm. we uh, mentioned we we did ask folks on our various social medias for the foods that they loved or hated in the 1980s. And we did get some responses that we wanted to share. And maybe, you know, uh, I can read some and like the cat mm-hmm. you have in front of you could read some. So I'm going to, I got Twitter here. Okay. Um, so on Twitter, we heard from Pop Trash Museum. They wrote to Hot Sam Pretzels, such an 80s mall staple. I'm not familiar with Hot Sam. They even provided us with a photo. I don't recognize Hot Ooh. Sam. Maybe it was a regional thing. I'm not sure what part of the world they are in. Right. Uh, the 80s now, 80s and the 80s and 90s.com wrote, uh, ha- oh, they put a meme, a little gif here so from the Adam Sandler movie. Have some, some more sloppy joes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Audio Media nice. News uh, shared a, hmm. What is this an image of? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tostino pizza rolls. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Pizza rolls are mm-hmm. good, dude. Yeah. And you can't mm-hmm. microwave them, too. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, David Haylett uh, writes breakfast slices in the UK. Yeah. It's a regional thing. I don't know what that is. Breakfast slices. We'll have to look that up. No. And the Scrum of the Earth podcast writes Weaver Chicken Croquettes. Oh, wow. Those little balls <laughs> of chicken. Yeah. Uh, Lynn mentioned Stouffer's French bread pizza. Oh, yes. And, and Bart. One of our patrons uh, gave us a picture of the school <laughs> rectangle pizza. <laughs> I love those pizzas too. Oh, that was the best day that ever. That was Fridays. a good day. Yes. I don't oh, know where yeah. they make those pizzas. Yeah. Because you can't get it anywhere else but a school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like there's some kind of magic going on with that because it doesn't look like it should taste like that, but it's so good. It's so good. You can come pretty close if you look at the store brand um, frozen pizza section mm-hmm. in the grocery store they make like a, a line of three mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm telling you right now there are chef witches in the back of schools that make that pizza <laughs> it's like the keebler elves but witches and yeah. pizza yeah oh yes um lynn also mentions um <laughs> boiled bags of meat and gravy yes we did this too did you do this, Ray? Uh, we, we had, I remember mine, my, my oh, favorite was absolutely. chicken parmesan. It was in a bag of sauce and you boiled Man. it off. Oh, it was good. I, I clearly was deprived. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anything that's got gravy and meat in a bag, <laughs> I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> I see Amy wrote, I miss Orange Julius and Orangina. Those mm. things still exist. Yeah, you can still get them. Well, if, them if, if you read her comments, they're not in her area. So oh, she's too lazy to get oh, in the car and oh. drive to where they have it. So she obviously doesn't miss it mm-hmm. that much. Yeah. We just like to give Amy a hard time. Uh, yeah. She still loves Reese's Pieces because of E.T., of course. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Eric's got celebrity endorsed cereals. We talked about that. And um, mm-hmm. uh, Adam talks about that on his uh, first episode, too, of the show. Yep. Dominic mentions Hungry Man Meals. Oh, that's the microwave ones with all the little sectioned food, yeah. right? Well, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they're meant for they're meant for dudes. Yeah. Like the regular TV dinner is just for women and children. Oh, I see. The oh, Hungry, hungry man, man is meant 
It's meant for a man who actually goes to work and like it does was, construction. It was a larger. I think Ray's just challenging you, Neil Cat, to see if you've. Uh, but uh, in the oh, last no, no. five minutes, what I'm saying is, is oh. even that TV dinner, you're still making two of them. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I didn't have that much testosterone in the 1980s. <laughs> I didn't. Like two of them. I, the brownie was the best thing for me in the corn. Look, man. Oh. After a long day of washing dishes yeah. at the restaurant, mm-hmm. I needed two hungry man dinners. Oh, I could two see yeah. hungry meals. A lot of scrubbing, lot of scrubbing yeah. pots and pans. Mm-hmm. Um, and the beat goes on, right? Do you remember food sticks? I don't know if I remember that. Um, they wrote, uh, my mom wouldn't let us eat sugar, but somehow slipped those, those slipped through. Hmm. Does she mean those pixie sticks? I don't think so. I mean, she used the word hmm. food in it. And her yeah, mom would have p- known that was sugar, I think. Cause I would think. To look that up. Uh, mm-hmm. Natty writes breast milk. Hated it. <laughs> I'm guessing Natty was a youth in the 80s. I guess so. Born she was, yeah, 80s. I was going to say she was probably a newborn baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was thinking, bring on the... <laughs> With with mm. the the chocolate <laughs> chocolate, chocolate milk, breast milk? The, oh. I, I don't know. Try the, the other breast, Natty. It's got chocolate the, um, in it. What's the um? No comment. The quick, quick. Oh, quick. You know, oh, the yeah. nest, the, oh, uh, Nestle Quick is Nestle Quick. Is good strawberry yeah. Nestle Quick. Is strawberry. Really yep. she, good. She wanted that to be yep. to be coming on That's there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Martin writes the McDonald's McRib, which came out first came out in the nineteen eighties. That's right. He wrote, uh, "Who knows what part of the pig they used to make them, but it tasted great." Right or if it, I don't, the pig was involved. You know what? I don't care if it's the butthole. I like that sandwich. <laughs> mm. Put that in the, uh, what's the McDonald's uh, t- they, can, they can put that right on the ad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might can. be the butthole, but it tastes good. <laughs> mm. Ray's smiling face. Uh, do you have any others there, Kat? Otherwise, I'll just read John's. And, um, actually, yeah. I have one for me that I, I can't believe I didn't mention okay. before. Pop-Tarts. Oh, yes. Pop-tarts you know what I learned? That Pop-Tarts have been around since I think it was the... 50s or 60s. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I no, that's okay because we lived <laughs> off them in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to ask Kat, did you ever actually cook them though? When I felt like it. I never cooked those things. You never yeah. cooked them? I ate them right out of the bag. It's similar to, uh, the I think I might have told this story before, the oatmeal Try story oatmeal. where I just, I was just eating right out of the bag. <laughs> yes. I, look, I, I used to eat the Pop-Tarts without yeah. toasting because I think they tasted better, but I never ate a p- pouch of dry oatmeal. <laughs> pouch. It's good, man. <laughs> um, he didn't even follow it up with hot water. If you did that, then it makes sense. I didn't have time, man. I yeah, had to yeah, get yeah. to school. Right, right, right. Uh, let's see. On Instagram, kickballchamp1989 writes, potato skins bagged chips. Oh, yeah. I remember when those came out. My mom would get them oh, for us. Oh, yeah. Those are actually pretty good. I yeah. forgot all about those. It was like a those. step up in technology, it seemed, all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, and John Henderson writes the McDLT. I could never join the two halves without spilling everything. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Well, John needs to stop drinking before he puts his sandwiches yes, together. Right. Clearly. And speaking of John Henderson, our show is brought to you by the lovely uh, Secret of My Success patrons that uh, help support the show week after week, including John Henderson, Craig Coletta, Bart Arnold, John Kaminsky, and John Reddick. And we, and I mean all three of us, yep. including Ray, would be so grateful if mm. you went to patreon.com slash 1980s now and gave us a little support. Mm-hmm. Yes, for the cup, for the price of a cup of coffee, you yep. could support us much like a child in a foreign country. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, for less than, because probably now you can't do that anymore for a cup of coffee. No. no. You can't even get a cup of coffee for, for three bucks, which is the lowest tier on Patreon. That's true. Yep. All right. Hey. Yep. And on that high note, 
We will talk to you next time on 1980s Now. See ya. Later.